Hello. Welcome to the Black Special Needs Parent UK podcast. I'm Tutu. And I'm Kenny. Um, so this is our second episode. Um, we just want to say thank you to all our listeners and you know those that shared our last episode. I was quite impressed at the the number of of plays and yes. and and those that shared with others and those that followed us on you know our social media channels. So thank you. Thanks for the feedback as well. We really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Continue to um, subscribe and share with your friends. Yeah, and also keep sending us your feedback. Um, if there's anything that you want us to talk about, um, or if you want to come on our podcast and and have a chat with with us, then please feel free to get in touch with us. Um, that's absolutely fine. So, um, what are we talking about today? Yes, um, welcome once again. Um, today we'll be talking about hospital appointments. We'll be sharing our experiences, and just giving out a few tips, yeah. and also. Um, we'd just like to hear from you as well. Um, if you have any experience you want to share, feel free to get in touch with us on our socials or drop us an email. All will be provided in the show notes. Okay. So what do we want <laughs> where do we want to start from in terms of hospital appointment? So let's 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 go back memory lane now. Um with Olivia, when we when she we started, you know, taking her to regular hospital appointments, she was um how old was she? She was just on that just almost six months. Yeah, almost six months, yeah. 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 So I typically what we what you get is in our own case, um, we went through the GP, um ex- expressed our concerns to the GP, the GP monitored, asked a few questions, and then just referred us to um, one of the bigger hospitals and that's how the appointment starts and um, you get a referral in this case we got a referral from our gp and then we got a letter with an appointment date to say okay go to this hospital at say this a time pediatrician yes um say a pediatrician so um i guess we start off what what to expect on the day so um you have a letter of appointments you have the hospital what to expect on the day. Can I just say that the what we're sharing is going to be very UK focused yes. because we are based in the United Kingdom. So um, obviously there will be similarities with other countries, but a lot of the uh, what we'll be sharing is more kind of UK focused because that's where we are. So what would you expect on this? So before the appointment, before the actual date, you would, should have received a letter um, confirming the date of your appointment, the time and where you're going. Yeah. So I think before the day, there is some preparation. Yes. To to make, I mean, looking back in hindsight like if you now. you have to do samples and things like that, they'll tell you when you need to take the sample. Yeah. They provide um, whatever you need to take the samples in and things like that. You, you get yeah. that prior to the appointment. Yeah, well, so it depends on what the appointment is, isn't it? Yeah. But also for the parents or the carer, whoever is, you know, going to be taking the child for the appointment, I think you need to prepare yourself. In hindsight now, there's some things that I I wish that we had done in those early days that maybe we'll have made. I mean, it's probably not going to change the outcome, but it will change in, in terms of your our own psychological well-being. Uh, it would make a difference. So I'll say prepare 
understand what the appointment is for. Yeah. I know this is, sounds all very obvious, but it's trust me, it's not because I'll tell you why. If you are seeing, so in our case, we're being managed by you know multiple teams. So at some point, we're seeing up to fifteen professionals and different locations. At as different, well. yeah, at different locations. So on understand who you are going to see. Don't mix up your, um, I don't know, ophthalmology appointments with. I don't know, speech and language, speech and language or, therapy or yeah. whatever. So check who you're going to see. So you're going to this hospital. So maybe you're going to the Royal Free Hospital. Who are you going to see there? Are you seeing the neurologists? Is it the neurology department? Because all these hospitals, they're like a world in their own, aren't yeah, they? They're massive. so big. Some of them are, yeah, a lot of them are big. Um, I mean, you look at hospitals like the Greater Mont Street Hospital, mm. From one end to the other, I can take you a good 10, 15 minutes to walk around. I mean, yeah, I think another yeah. thing in terms of like logistics as well, I'm just trying to get an idea of where it is. Um, even if you use like Google Maps, just have a view of where it is. Because like things like parking and everything can just destabilize you on the day. Yeah. But you want to know beforehand what kind of facilities are available at the hospital. So you want to know whether there's parking. I think that's a good one. Um, and also for yourself, what time do you need to be there? Some of these appointments will say 2 p.m., but I arrive 20 minutes early. That's because they've put a pre-assessment time. So you'll probably see a nurse to do the height and weight and yeah, all that and stuff. All and all the checks. And, you know, the blood, blood pressure temperature. and temperature and everything. So that's what that initial 20 minutes is for. So now, if you get there at the 2 o'clock, where the... What, what your letter says in terms of appointment time, you're already 20 minutes late. Yeah. So try and go, if they say get it 20 minutes before, try and go 30 minutes before. It gives you time to settle down with your child and also breathe, have a drink of water, and then start your maybe like a pre-assessment checks with the nurse before you then see the professional that you're going to see. And in terms of your own um Think about the questions that you would like to be answered when you go for the um when you see actually see the professional so when you see the medical professional think about what questions you would like to be to be answered because the gap between appointments sometimes is very is a bit long so you might be weeks or months usually months between some appointments and we have some appointments where we only go once a year yeah. So a lot could have happened between that time. So you want to make sure that you have your um you have your 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 questions, whatever event has happened. So this is a tip from what I do, what we do. We have a notebook where we write uh, you know, possible details, questions, yeah. details, so that when we go, we, we don't have to try and remember what happened three months ago. So you already kind of have written them down because I think it just makes it just a little bit, you know, better. And usually maybe the day before we might review, one of us might review the note, whether it's good for the appointment, we review the notes and then see um, what's in there so that when you get to the medical professional, you can discuss it. I think that's a really good one. We didn't start doing it from the word go. So if you've attended a few appointments and you haven't done that, don't pick yeah, yourself don't up. Yourself. Yeah, because we didn't figure it out until later on. As well, when I was getting the appointment, and I'm finding that I sometimes a bit blank because I'm trying to remember something and I can't couldn't quite remember. Sometimes I remember just after leaving, I'm like, oh, yeah. I should yeah. have remembered that in there. 
think it's also important to be patient. Yeah. Um, patient in the sense that, like, some of these appointments, um, you can imagine they would have carried out a few tests and typically what a professional will be doing at the appointments will be to like relay the results of the appointments with you and mm. then discuss um, various options yeah. off the back of say the uh, of the back of the test so you want to be patient firstly to try and assimilate all the information you're getting um also to be able to just uh, process it and then ask the right question because that's i think that's what's needed as well but also take notes as you're getting all this information because sometimes it might be a lot. Take notes down and then, yeah, you, you just keep that for reference for, for the future. Yeah, and also in terms of patience, sometimes I think I can count on, on my fingers. On one hand, the number of you know appointments that I've attended and they've seen me on time yeah. and even you as well. Yes. Would you agree? Yeah. Really. Because sometimes it will say, oh, the appointment is for two. You get there maybe 145 or one twenty or one thirteen, thinking that okay, by the time we said tonight my turn. And then at three o'clock they've not seen you. So it might be a good idea if you can, on the days you have appointments, don't try and take the day off. Just take the day, take off. The day off. Or yeah. if it's in the afternoon, take the afternoon off or whatever. So you don't want to be rushing and or yeah. yeah. You don't also want to you don't want to be planning, you know things to do afterwards that are really important because if you don't get there, they don't see you on time, then you have a, you know, a subsequent appointment, maybe you're going somewhere, then you start getting a bit stressed. Yeah. Because because also what we try to do is like, for some of the hospitals, they try to bash the appointments together. It's okay, after, after these appointments, then you see this um, other professional. Mm. Where possible, if you can split it, it's best because you don't want a situation where you are rushing from one appointment to the other and you just don't have enough time to, to digest. From... I mean, I think it depends if it's in the same hospital. Yeah, okay, well... If it's in yeah. the same... So so if if, if it was in, in the same hospital um, and, it was, and it would save you one more trip, one more trip. Yeah. then fine. Just make sure that there's gaps in between. And when you get there to register at the reception, let them know that you're also booked in to see another medical professional in the same hospital immediately afterwards. Sometimes yeah. I find that that might make a difference in terms of they know that, okay, you know, you are here for one appointment, but you're also seeing somebody else. So it might kind of push you off the list a little bit so that you're not late. And sometimes they'll be honest with you and say, look, we're not going to see you in time for that, that appointment. Maybe you go for that one. We'll ring them for you. You go for that and then you can come back here. So it kind of helps you with your time management as well. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yes, if it's the same hospital, you may as well just do it as opposed to coming in another, another day. day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because if it's far from your home and you're going with the child, uh, that's just another day out that you don't need really if you can if you can happen on the same that. day yeah. i'll say um so you've taken you saw your patients you've uh, arrived on time you're taking notes you're asking i think the next one is for you to be an advocate to your child now this is how i approach it um, i don't know i might be a bit of a tiger mom there i see it as the medical professional they know the theory of it they yeah. know the science and I know my child. So when I go there, I say, I ask questions and I'm an advocate for my child because she can't speak for herself. So uh, sometimes they might say, oh, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm like, well, 
<laughs> no. Why is this one of those things? Why is this and why is that? You might, you, and I think it depends on people, people's personality as well. If you're quite introverted, you might feel like you don't want to. I know that sometimes we've gone to appointment where you have been like giving me like a funny look from across the room, like, ah, just chill. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> no, you have to ask the questions, you know. So yes. you have to be the child's advocate. You have to, because they can't speak for themselves. So you think, okay, if my child were to be the one asking questions, what would they want to know? Yes, exactly. I, I take your point. And then also because I find from my own personal experience that a lot of these professionals are a bit risk averse. They want to kind of cover themselves mm-hmm. in any cases of eventualities. So you want to be able to push for the best for your child. So they might say, oh, this thing, um, well, they, they can tr- they start, that's when they start to throw numbers and um, some stats at you, but you are speaking for your child. You don't want your, your child to just be another stat. So you're saying, well, this is the experience I'm seeing in my child. This is what I'm seeing in my, in my child. So I want us to do to try as much as possible to address that particular issue as opposed to just working on assumptions and trying to um, be risk averse. So that's another um, factor that I want to consider in terms of speaking yeah. of your child. And also, they they don't know your child like that actually so they don't know your child so they don't know there's some symptoms that you would have noticed that you should please you know mention to them because it might be something that's really important um that they might need to look into a little bit further now if you haven't mentioned it and you just assume i don't assume that the doctors know everything i'm not saying that i do but i don't assume that they know everything so there are some times that you have to ask specific questions relating to that particular child and try and see whether there's a link. And that's why it's good to take these notes because if you haven't taken notes from the last appointment, you haven't taken notes in between appointments, you're not going to remember everything yeah. and you're not going to be able to make reference. And if there's anything I've read about relating to a particular condition, I want to ask my... I know they say don't Google things. What do you even think? What's your view on this issue of don't Google symptoms and all that? I I think you should um, because at the end of the day, it's information. Yeah. Yes. um, There's a lot out there. People just put stuff out there. But um, you also want to uh, realize that, yeah, your case is unique, but you're also looking for some benchmark. So you are not Googling to solve the solution. You're just Googling to see, okay, are there any patterns to gain knowledge, to see other people's experiences. And then you use that in conjunction with your professional's advice to make an informed decision. Um, Because if you just leave leave it to the professionals, I shout out to them, they do a lot. They see a lot of um, they see a lot of people. They're short of time, so I mean, some are just constricted to like 10, 15 minutes to see you. So you want to make the best of that time you have with them. Yeah. So the more information you have with, the better for you. Sometimes you give this information to the um, to these professionals, and they say, "Oh no, yes, we've heard all of that before." They, and then they categorically tell you that okay, that information is false, and then it's a knowledge. Um, is a knowledge uh, opportunity for you to understand how, okay, yes, that, that bit doesn't work. But yeah, definitely seek for knowledge both with the professionals and with the information that is out there. 
I think also when people say don't Google things, don't Google symptoms or conditions, I think it depends on where your source of information is as well. So if you Google something and it's just like a, a Facebook thread or something, people are discussing it there. I might read that, but I might take you with a bit of pinch of salt. But it's like an academic research done, obviously. I want to yes. look at that in a bit more detail. Um, it's not just what people are saying, uh, just chatting on Facebook. Although Facebook has its own place when it comes to support groups. But yeah, what other um, tip would you say uh, about going into into hospital? I say it's about self-care because at the end of the day, um, your child needs you to be in tip-top shape, both physically, emotionally, and mentally. So on the day before the appointment, get as much rest as you can, eat, um, just start to prep yourself up for the day. Um, on the day itself as well, make sure you eat as well, hydrate. Um, if it's on a cold day, get appropriate um, clothing on, um, both for yourself and your child. But it's all about self-care and making sure you're in um, tip-top shape because that might be the difference between having a good appointment and a bad appointment. Yeah, like so, if you've not eaten yeah. lunch and and you're in the hospital, you're waiting and you're tired and you're hungry, you're, 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 you might, it might make a difference between whether you snap at somebody. And, um, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not speaking from experience. And hospital food is not really the best. I mean, some some hospital canteens have good food, but I quite like hospital canteen food actually. Um, Maybe not the food on the ward. No, the food on the wards are usually not that great. But I think the canteen food because the the that's where their staff have their lunch. Their have, yeah. So and they're not, they're quite cheap. You can have a nice yeah, it's cheap, a um, nice two course meal. Because I mean, I just like food. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a two-course meal uh, for a reasonable, you know, price if if it's like the canteen food. But the word food, I, that I don't like. Yeah, to be fair, I guess it's just eat and miss. Some days are good, some days are bad. Yeah. Some days are just good. There's jacket potatoes and baked uh, <laughs> beans. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you're not there for fine dining. No. Nope. Just to um, keep body and soul together. So, yeah. You're not there for fine dining. But although anytime there's dessert in the... <laughs> In the in the canteen, I always make a point of having that with whatever I'm eating. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm in this hospital. I'm gonna treat myself. But one thing you know is there's there'll be a lot of um and baked food because of people raising money for different things. You, yeah, you tend to get a lot of. They do like best baked. Victoria's sponge yeah, cakes and yeah, all. Lots of um confectionaries. Yeah, but yeah, definitely what you said about self care. Make sure that you have a good night's sleep the day before. And um, as much as you can, I know that sometimes circumstances don't allow. What I find really useful also is to pack my bags for my for whatever I, you know I need for myself and and for the child when we're going. So make sure that my bags are packed there before. Because for some reason, when you're when you're going, like when you're about to leave, that's when you can't find one leg of one socks, you can't find one hat of something, and I, oh, it just grinds my. I just absolutely hate it because it just like adds onto the pressure. 
Yeah, doesn't yeah. it so if you pack but if i pack bags the night before i've got my notes i've got the appointment letter i know where i'm going i've checked it online i'll see how long it is for me to get there then it kind of makes it just i mean it doesn't change circumstances massively but it it helps me to um be more prepared you know for what for what we're doing and i think once you the appointment is coming to an end they would ask whether you have any questions please don't say no no question is stupid that's what the professionals are there for to support yeah. you uh, support your family support your child don't say oh no everything is fine if everything is not fine let them know it's not fine if you're not sure of something ask them and then and another thing is at that point ask them if they have any any literature to share with you yes you see those that's, pamphlets that's yeah. um those pamphlets those those things you know they put in doctor's office offices they are there for information um you might not learn anything new from them and then you might through there found out about some services that i didn't even know those some of those services are complementary to the medical care that's been provided they're not the actual medical care but they might be like therapies and things like that so that might be you might ask them do you have any literature is there anything that they think you should read about you might think that it sounds a bit over the top but it doesn't it also shows them that you actually care so they would i think this is my personal view that i think they want to take a bit more care when they are putting together yeah. my child's nose because they know that, that, are, that i'm on it yeah. and i'm after the information so after the appointment usually um ask them also what next is it just another routine appointment or what what's what's next yeah, and then they'll be able to tell you prescription yeah um yeah and if there if there is a, a follow-up appointment they will send you a letter and also a summary of usually there will be a, a summary of uh what you discussed at the appointment yeah i say like, keep those yeah like from our, our own experience what we found is like if it's a specialist appointment mm. what that, what tends to happen is the doctor writes up the notes sends a copy to us the parents and then sends another copy to uh, GP mm. for their records as well. Um, and I think what um, Tutu does very well is she she stores it, both the physical copy and then the digital copy of this letter, so that you have a record of yep. it. Um, I have a chronological folder. Order as well. I have a folder so, for all the um, different departments uh, that Olivia goes to. So I have a file. Not to say that I do it perfectly, but... If you ask me for a letter for 2016, I can I can produce it. Um, but that's that, quite important because you yeah. never know when you need it. It also builds the history for you. Your you have the medical record, and you never know the number of times that sometimes we attend an appointment, or even when we moved, um, when we moved houses and we moved to a completely different area, and sometimes they would ask questions where I could just sit, I could just scan a letter and send it across to them, and it really helps. Um, even sometimes in school, they might need something and you've got it. So, and also for your own knowledge, sometimes something will happen and you get a bit confused and you're like, when, what's going on? You want to check, look back, you have it. So I say, keep, keep, have a, some sort of filing system. It doesn't need to be absolutely perfect, but, um, something you can always, something refer, you can always back refer back to. Now, another thing is that you might then get another letter. Now, in our own case, at some point, I mean, thankfully, those days are behind us, but um, there was a time that we were seeing up to 14 to 15 separate professionals. 
Now, there's no way we're going to remember everything, you know, top of our head without writing things down, without having it in um, some sort of filing system. When you receive an appointment letter, please just put it in your phone. Put it straight in your calendar on your phone because you're going to forget you, you don't want to wait to get to the morning of the oh, appointment no, 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 and then no, no. remember that you start scrambling around. So if you get your appointment letter, put it straight in your phone of the dates. And also if you're, it helps you to manage your schedule because if you have other things come up for that day, you can already see that we are going to this place on this day. I can't make it on that day. And then you're not like pressed for time all the time because looking after children is very stressful it's quite demanding then if they have um additional needs medical needs and all that it makes it even more demanding so try and manage your calendar and yeah look after your travel more importantly look after look yourself. yourself yeah look after yourself as well so yeah do you have anything else that you think we should share so we've talked about uh, on the day of the appointment the day before the day of the appointment and also what you do afterwards um yeah i hope um somebody out there finds all these tips useful but also I would like to hear from you um if you're a parent as well like us that that cares for a child with special needs do you have any tips any experiences um you like to share um send us a dm or an email or questions or if you have any questions as well um just send it to us um, we'll share our experience with you and where possible, we might be able to get some professionals to come on the podcast and answer some of these questions. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think that kind of covers it for today. I mean, we can, there are many things that we could talk, keep talking about, but let's just keep it short and sweet. Yeah. Keep it short and sweet. Um, just um, to also encourage you, like Tutu said, um, there was a time we, we had loads of appointments, um, but thank God, Olivia is getting better. The number of appointments we're having to go to is, is reducing, and um, we, we hope you to come to that kind of um, situation where you, you have less appointments. But it will be, it, just be manageable. But it's, it's manageable, but in everything, it's just about um, taking care of yourself and... Um, just um, be the best you can be. I know some, sometimes it can be overwhelming, yeah. um, but just hanging there and things will get better. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just find your own. I mean, we've talked about our own experiences, but find what works best for you. Uh, I think that's what's more important. Whatever decision you take is going to be the best one for your child. So there's no one size fits all solution for everyone. But uh, just need to remember that you're doing your best. If you need support sometimes if you think that you need somebody to come with you to an appointment yes. um reach out to, to reach, out. reach out to your friends reach out to your support system i think we should talk about friends and support system at some point yeah yeah reach out to your friends reach out to your support system well, you know what one thing i find interesting is that in some hospitals like great Ormond street hospital when you go in there um there are some people that wear like yellow t-shirts 
that ask you whether you need help. Some of them, they will ask you whether you want them to come in with you. And I thought, oh, that's really sweet. I mean, I've never needed them to come in with me, but for somebody that might be feeling a bit apprehensive on a particular day, yeah. it might just be nice, you know, to have someone, but don't feel like you have to do it all on your own and you have to be strong. And I think, I don't know if it's a black people thing. We just feel like we don't want to be vulnerable. Everybody just wants to act like, yeah, you know, I've got this. It's all good. Yeah, but there are some days where you haven't got this. Let's be honest it's okay you know if you want to reach out to your friends to say can you come with me um or maybe somebody that you can just say i'm going for an appointment it's really difficult it might be a difficult one after the appointment can i just ring you or can you ring me afterwards so that we have done that sometimes i'll just ring a friend and say ah you know i've just gone into an appointment feeling a bit you know not so great about it can i just talk through how i'm feeling um mm. and I mean, sometimes it's not like they're physically there to hold my hands, but just having that five minutes with them really does make a difference. And eat before you go. Yeah, eat before yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, very important. And have some, like a snack or something for yourself and for your child as well, uh, whatever, you know, they're allowed. So to just make it a bit more fun for them. Take their toys. Yes. The, yeah, because because yeah. if they're sitting, they're just sitting there. Children, they're just sitting there waiting for their turn. They might get it. I mean, the bigger hospitals have like play area and all, but um, sometimes these play areas are far from where the doctor's office is. So mm. you don't want to be strained too far. But yeah, entertain your kids as well. Yeah. Um, and take a book for yourself or your earphones or something. Listen to or music. Or listen to this podcast. Or listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen to this podcast while you're waiting um, and just kind of keep yourself entertained. All right. All right. Okay. Well, it's been great talking again um, today. So yeah, get in touch with us. Let us know. Let us know what you think about this. Even if you don't go to hospital regularly with your child, doesn't matter. Let us know. Give us some feedback. Okay. All right. See you next time. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.